of the Athletic Podcast Network. This is the update. I'm Adam Copeland. On today's show, we'll talk to Matt Barrows, who covers the San Francisco 49ers for the Athletic, about week 18 in the NFL regular season. The 49ers heading down to SoFi Stadium to take on the LA Rams following a victory over the Houston Texans in their final home game of 2021. Will it be Trey Lance on Sunday? Will it be Jimmy Garoppolo? How rested are the LA Rams after an East Coast road trip? All things we can talk about with Matt Barrows, who joins me next. Today is Wednesday. January 5th. It is a pleasure to start 2022 with our favorite 49er writer, Don't Tell David Lombardi. It's Matt Barrows. He covers the 49ers for The Athletic. Matt, what's going on, man? Happy New Year. Uh, How'd you take in that game on Sunday? Took it in. um, Well, I mean, it was was sort of exactly what I was thinking was going to happen. I thought that the, the Texans would be game early. You know, give the the 49ers a little bit of run for their money. But by the third quarter, there was a a definite talent discrepancy between these two teams. And the 49ers would start to take control. So that's pretty much what happened. Uh, Houston only scored seven points. I didn't think that Trey Lance looked all that smooth early on, but obviously got better as the game wore on. And this is what I said earlier is that, you know, it's entirely possible that Jimmy Garoppolo would have looked a little off to begin with. That, that sometimes happens after these Thursday games. Remember, they had, they had 10 days of rest heading into this one. Sometimes it takes a, a quarter, a quarter and a half to get back into the rhythm, no matter who the quarterback is. And, and I think that's, uh, that's exactly what happened with the 49ers. We'll get to Trey Lance in just a minute, but but in thinking about his first start against Arizona and the weapons or lack thereof that he had around him, obviously the Jeff Wilson Jr. element, the George Kittle element, Brandon Ayuk playing at a different level, certainly impacted his ability to make plays or guys around him to make plays, it felt like, on Sunday. How did you evaluate his play with those guys? I mean, George Kittle had a huge catch, the ball thrown over his head that he comes down with. It's so funny, we, we criticize Jimmy Garoppolo for those throws, but then when Kittle comes down with him. He looks even more phenomenal. What did you think about the supporting cast around Trey Lance, and, and how would you evaluate his play with them on the field? I think it was a, a huge, huge deal, and the fact that they were able to run the ball like they did. So you, you've got Mitchell, you've got Kittle. It wasn't a huge factor in the passing game, but he always is a factor in the running game. So the, the fact that uh, you know they were able to stay close early they took the lead early in the third quarter and then just ran the ball. I mean, that allowed, uh, I, I broke it down, but um, you know, he, he took uh, the vast majority of those second half snaps under center, which gave him the benefit of play action. And so that's, you know, that, that, that touchdown shot to Debo Samuel, play action, had the, had the Houston uh, defense going one way, he spins out the other great throw, uh, the highlight of the game for him. But that's all because he's got the benefit of that rushing game. And, you know, Garoppolo, too, no matter who plays in Los Angeles on Sunday, they need that aspect of it rolling because it just makes them more comfortable, makes them more dangerous, makes them get hit less. I tallied it up. He got hit uh, 24 times in Arizona altogether. He got hit nine times altogether uh, against the Texans. So that's a big that's a big difference and I think that the running game was a huge part of that. You spent a good amount of time writing last week, as did other Niner beat writers, about the release 
time of Trey Lance from snap to release of the football and how he was, uh, I mean, obviously not very many throwing plays that, that we have the time for him, but he was in the in the bottom tier of that uh, that timing, right? Over three seconds it takes him to release the football from snap to release. Was that any different on Sunday? No, it really wasn't. It, it was uh, in keeping with what he'd done earlier in the season, and, and you're right, there's, there's not a lot to go on there. And that measures a lot of things. It measures the physical release. Jimmy Garoppolo's got a very clipped release. Trey Lance has a more elongated release. There's, there's no getting around that. I think it mostly measures processing time, which is why you almost invariably find these these rookie quarterbacks, you know, with the longest amount of times. But it also measures being able to kind of do something with broken plays and, and making plays off the hoof, which is why a guy like uh, Lamar Jackson in previous years, uh, Russell Wilson, they've all had longer than average times as well. And I thought that, you know, uh, Trey Lance was, was showing that a lot on Sunday. There was a really nice play that he made backed up against their own goal line. You know, one, I'm sure the coaches were very nervous about him kind of standing at the goal, you know, almost a safety type of situation. But he hung in there. He surveyed the field, didn't like his first option, which was to his left. Brandon Ayuk had started the, the play on the opposite end of the field and sort of dragged across and he and Lance hit him right before he got out of bounds. I mean, that, that just kind of shows you how long the play took to develop. But the bottom line was that they got a first down and they got breathing room. It was the right play to make. So sometimes when you're holding on to the ball for four seconds, and I, I think that was over four seconds, you know, good things can happen too. So it, it, it's a mixed bag. Um, bottom line is he, he played better. And he played better throughout the game. And I think that's, uh, that's the big takeaway from, from Sunday. I mean, none of that stat happens in a vacuum because sometimes plays elongate, sometimes you extend plays. But but you're right, when it comes down to an average release time, I guess that's probably a little bit long. What did you think about his pocket presence? I thought he looked okay in the pocket. Yeah, I thought that was probably the best uh, part of that. I mean, uh, I, I think that has to do with the running game as well and the play action. He did not seem as as apt to take off and run. Like that, that play I just described. I mean, that was that was multiple reads. I mean, was it all four guys that he was reading? I don't I don't think so. But it was better than the Cardinals game, I thought. Cardinals game, it seemed, okay, if my first read's not there, let's see what I can do with my legs. And then the obvious result was uh, 16 runs and a knee injury. So this was better. I think coaches would have loved to have seen him start out more sharply. But I think they'll absolutely take what they saw because they can see the progress from October 10 till now. And they saw the progress throughout the game. Obviously, the question going forward is that enough progress to go down and beat Matt Stafford, who's basically on the opposite end of the spectrum in terms of experience in Los Angeles? The opposite end of the spectrum in experience and like almost in, in style of quarterback, too. He's not a guy who's going to run around back there. He's a, he's a much different type of quarterback. Thinking about some of the other players uh, in the offense from this weekend, I, I want to hit on the uh, what I thought was the highlight of your, your uh, minutiae minute in The Athletic uh, from earlier this week, and that was you quoting a Tim Kawakami question from the press box uh, from Sunday's game where he said, does Debo Samuel run the football every time he lines up in the backfield? I thought it was an, uh, an apt question or a good question because I've thought about that, too. I'm like, doesn't the defense realize that when he's back there, he's going to touch the ball? You had an answer for this. Does Debo Samuel touch the football every time he's in the backfield? Not every time, <laughs> <laughs> but but almost every time. And uh, I think it was uh, he lined up there 12 times on Sunday and took seven carries. 
And then of those other five, two were, were throws to him out of the backfield. So uh, on nine of those, uh, the, the play was going to him. So, I mean, it seems like something where the 49ers could take advantage of that if they wanted to. I mean, frankly, teams have not been able to stop him when he lines up and runs out of the back. He's averaging almost seven yards a carry. I think it was the most, aside from Jalen Hurts, for a non, non-running back. I mean, the, the highest uh, average, uh, which is uh, uh, an amazing feat. So basically, Shanahan and the 49ers were saying, unless you can stop this guy, we're just going to feed him the ball. Well, the, the Texans did stop him. They, they seemed very prepared for it. So uh, that leads to, okay, what's what's the counter move? What's the chess move that Shanahan and Mike McDaniel will make with that? And and I, th- I thought we, we may have seen that where it's you know, a fake handoff to him the defense goes one way, and then he goes out into the flat in a different direction, and then gets a gets a short pass. That that has yet to kind of blossom into a a big play, but I, I think it has the the makings, the foundation for something to build off, which is what what this offense is all about. It's funny to think about that counter chess move because putting Debo back there kind of was the chess move, right? Now teams have, have uh, sort of come back to the the norm with it or corrected, auto-corrected to it, and, uh, and now the Niners will, will have to figure out what to do with it. Do you think that's a, a bit of a, I don't want to say a red flag, but a little bit of a concern? No, because uh, yeah, they, still, they still ran the ball really well against the Texans. But, um, you know, it's not a secret weapon anymore. That's for sure. But you're right. I mean... Yeah, I, I, I just think that they've got so many options in terms of weaponry, more than they've ever had, more than they've ever had this season, really. That's one of the, the strengths. And, and we could talk about their weaknesses and all the, the question marks, but, you know, the the pass catchers, the running backs, ever since Raheem Mostert got hurt in week one, which was early on, first quarter, they've been sort of playing catch-up. Now they've got their, their ducks in a row. Everybody's healthy at the same time everything's firing. You just need the right guy sort of pulling the trigger back there. And that's the huge question mark heading into Rams week. You mentioned Raheem Mostert, who's obviously on injured reserve, uh, but he was placed on the COVID-19 list along with Jimmy Ward, Dante Johnson, and Kwan Williams uh, earlier this week. Uh, what's the status of those guys? And, and obviously the NFL has made their adjustments, like the CDC, with allowing uh, 10 days or five days of, of quarantine. I guess they've changed it from 10 to 5 if you're a close contact or test positive. What's their status for Sunday? Well, we don't know. I mean, Mitch Wisnowski was in the same predicament last week, and, and he played. They did give him a curtailed uh, workload, though, so I don't know whether he was kind of weakened by it or, or what the deal was there. But if you were the Rams and you were picking one position, aside from quarterback, where the 49ers would get dinged by COVID, you would pick cornerback, especially nickel cornerback. And that's what we have here. We've got K1 Williams as the top option. If he's not available, then it would be Dante Johnson. If he's not available, then maybe Jimmy Ward would play nickel cornerback like he's done in the past. All three of those guys are on the list. And who's the slot receiver in L.A.? It's Cooper Cup. I mean, uh, Superman himself. So it's a predicament if those first two guys, if Kwan Williams and Jimmy Ward don't play, it's a big deal. And so that's something we'll have to monitor during the week. There is a path that, for them to get back. In fact, you, you almost expect them to be back in time, but you never know. You don't know how bad it was, what their reaction was, how, how many times they've tested positive. The other thing we don't know, and, and you and I are recording this on Tuesday, 
is how many other guys are going to wind up on the COVID list. I mean, when other teams have this, it's a few guys one day, a few more the next, and a few more two days after that. So uh, I'm sure the 49ers are crossing their fingers that it stops with those four names that you just mentioned, but it very well could go beyond that. Yeah, it's a good point. Uh, on the defensive side of things, you're right. In the secondary, certainly uh, not something you want to have to deal with in a game that you need to have this week. And, and they've got other routes, but you really would like to control your own fate and win this one and, and just sort of see where the chips fall around you. You mentioned Cooper Cup, as a, and, and I'm taking a risk here because we've never really discussed this. You mentioned Cooper Cup, Superman himself. Are you a, a Superman 2 guy, a Christopher Reeve Superman 2 guy where he gives up his powers? <laughs> and gets beat up in the bar? I remember <laughs> one where the, the three bad guys are put in this prism and it kind of flies across the universe. Yeah, you got it. The, the Phantom Zone. It's yes, yeah. yes. That, I remember seeing it in the early 80s and thinking, wow, the, the special effects in this movie are fantastic. This is great. And if you saw it today, you would think, oh, my God, this is a, this is a joke. They must, this must be some sort of comedy special that they're putting on here. It's not great. But, uh, yeah, I remember seeing the original stuff back in the day. That's the movie. Yeah, he gives up his powers anyway and to get with Lois Lane. Yeah, because he wants to, to marry Lois Lane. Yeah, okay, right, I get right. it. Those three villains come from Krypton, so it's uh, Ursa, Zod, and Nan. Anyway, I, I'm showing my uh, my Superman stuff here. One more thought for you on the way out, Matt. Uh, Nick Bosa, two games in a row now is to a streak without a sack. What's wrong with Nick Bosa? Tell us what's going on. They should cut him as soon as yeah. possible because <laughs> they're just not getting anything out of this guy. No, um, he's, getting, uh, he's getting double teamed on basically half of his – pass rush plays and then the ones where he's not getting double team uh, obviously the offense knows what's happening and it's usually a quick pass so he's really got very few opportunities for sacks the plus side of that is that the guys on the other side are, are stepping up uh, and you're seeing Arden Key Samson Ebucom uh, this could be a, a Samson Ebucom revenge game on Sunday he played for the Rams the previous four seasons and he seems to be getting better and better with each start. A big game from him would be an, just an absolute bonus for this team. So uh, at the end of the day, I, I don't think that the uh, the pass rush is, is any different. You're just seeing less pass rush production stats, basically, from Nick Bosa. All right. Well, uh, I think they'd, they'd like him to hit Matt Stafford on Sunday. I think 49er fans have got to be feeling confident in general, just based on how Kyle Shanahan has matched up against the Rams over the last couple of years. But uh, still questions about Jimmy Garoppolo or Trey Lance and what's going to happen in the secondary. So, Matt, thanks so much, man. Always appreciate the coverage and great catching up with you at the start of 2022. Uh, have fun in L.A. this weekend, and uh, maybe we'll catch up with you in the postseason. Okay, sounds good. Thanks for having me on. Great stuff from Matt Barrows. Always does a great job covering the 49ers and does a great job stopping in with us on the update and a great way to start our 2022 schedule. We'll get back into some 49er football, by the way, on Friday. Jordan Rodrigue, who covers the L.A. Rams, she usually talks to us a couple of times a year. We missed her earlier this season when the Niners played the Rams. We'll catch up with her on Friday to get you ready for Week 18. Matt Stafford, Aaron Donald, Cooper Cup, Superman himself as the 49ers get ready for the Rams at SoFi Stadium. Thank you to Matt Barrows. Thank you to Brian, my producer. And thank you to you, the listener, for joining us for another year of The Update. We'll keep bringing you the best stories in Bay Area sports. Another big one supposedly going on this weekend, Clay Thompson's imminent return to the Golden State Warrior lineup. All things we can talk about in the days and weeks ahead. Until Friday, enjoy the week. We'll talk to you then. Come, son of Jor-El, kneel before Zod. <laughs> 